you know what you're doing. You know how to spot out these potential upsides to the properties that are listed so that you can market them right yourself. Identify the value that's in it, where the money can be made, and then you have to market that and go out and get a buyer. You find the deal, you can find the buyer 100%. Welcome to the Consistent and Predictable Income Community Podcast. The CPI methodology is the only system that teaches the proprietary process of CPI, which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Todd Sachs is the broker and the founder of Sachs Realty. Todd has been in the construction and real estate industry since 1989. For nearly 30 years, he has been developing, designing, building, and selling residential and commercial real estate. In addition, Todd hosts the podcast show Tuesday Night Live, where he interviews real estate experts in the country. In this brand new podcast episode, Todd discussed the things that the agents should know about investors. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the CPI Podcast, which is the real estate show designed to help top producing agents leverage and scale your business, allowing you to earn more money in less time for seasoned agents to help you get to the next level of stable income and for new agents to help you find the right way to freedom and money so that each of you can reach your potential as a person and as a real estate agent, which means you'll have certainty in your future. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. What agents should know about investors? Hello, I'm Dan Roshan. Today I am joined with Todd Sachs, and he and I are going to have a conversation about what agents should know about investors. So Todd's been, he's been around for a while. He's been in the construction real estate industry since 1989, and he's done developing, designing, building. And he's also the founder and broker of Sachs Realty. So welcome, Todd. How are you? Doing fantastic. I know that on Tuesday, you do a Tuesday Night Live podcast as well. I want to make sure that I mention that as well. I appreciate that. It's not always live. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. You just have to, it's a surprise. You just have to log on and see. If but it's they live always, they always, they always pretend like they're live, though. Right? We pretend, man. We, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll interview somebody on a Monday at one o'clock yeah. and say, "Hey, it's Tuesday night." <laughs> All right. So that it's five o'clock somewhere. It's Tuesday night, sometime. Right. So Todd, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So you've been around for for a while. So what got you into real estate? And uh, we'll get to uh, what agents should know about investors here in just a few minutes. But I want to learn a little bit about you. So what what got you to in, into real estate? Well, before we do that, I want to say thanks for the book. <laughs> You're so, welcome. Uh, it's an awesome book, man. I just started it. So thanks for uh, hooking You're us welcome. up there with that. Um, you know, Dan, I appreciate being on the show. Um, you know, I'm asked all the time, you know, what got me started in the real estate business? And it certainly wasn't being an agent. In fact, um, I didn't really have, um, I wasn't really feeling it with agents. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't getting the, the warm and fuzzy feeling from agents as a builder and investor. I started in 1989 as a contractor okay. and swinging a hammer. Yeah. And, um, you know, was kind of felt like I was being held at bay all the time with my real estate agents, you know, several of them that, you know, work for me. 
of course, you know, as an investor, they all brought me deals. They wanted to bring me deals or a lot of times I just found my own property. It was no different back in the early nineties as it is right now. We just didn't have Zillow um, and some of those other platforms, but um, I was frustrated with real estate agents in general uh, back in the day before I got my license. And in fact, that's what actually caused me to get my license. Um, so started in 1989, swinging a hammer, I'd say by um, the early um, 90s, I had started building houses and doing flips, renovations, and uh, didn't get my license until 2005. Okay. And I can remember when I was <laughs> I was in real estate school and they were going around to everybody saying, and why do you want to be an agent? And people were saying like, oh, I just want to serve people and, you know, I want to help people buy a home and stuff like that. And they got to me and, you know, I said, I want to be an agent so I can get rid of all the agents that, you know, uh, that I've been working with. Um, and everybody kind of looked at me like, oh, great. We got one of these guys in the class. And it's funny because um, I kind of fell in love with the business. I kind of fell in love with the brokerage side of things. And then in 2017, I started my own real estate brokerage. And we're small brokerage here. We have six other licensees. I have a licensed executive assistant and uh, and then myself. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the short version of, uh, but I started out investing in real estate first as a contractor working on other people's investments and then, um, and then started doing it for myself. And so bring us together here. So if I'm on one side or the other, what should I know, you know, as an agent, what should I know about investing? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that all agents and, you know, so if you're listening and you're an agent, um, I'm not telling you that you should help investors. You know, that's not really, um, something that I want to advise you to do. But I do think if you have an interest in it and you're willing to put the time in, um, I think it's if, if you're not serving investors, you're missing a big piece of revenue. And, you know, uh, because investors buy at all times mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that. And, and some of the things just to kind of give you, you know, uh, uh, an idea of some of the things I'd like to cover here, Dan, you know, we want to talk about the types of real estate investing. And then we want to talk about the real estate investors, the different types of investors. And then really, if you're an agent and you're interested in doing more with investors, how to make yourself indispensable. And then I'm going to give you some ideas on where to find these investors. So if you can, if you're interested, hang on with us here. Uh, I think you'll be able to get some good pointers. Uh, but I don't, I don't want, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting everyone work with investors, but to kind of bring the two together. Just so uh, agents have an idea. Most investors, well, we all know who pays, who mostly pays the commission is the, is the listing broker, right? So, you know, you have the, the seller, the listing broker enters an agreement, gets the commission, but you would be amazed at how many investors skip the agent on the buyer side, even though they're not paying for that agent and they just go straight to the listing agent. So it happens a we lot. Wanna, yeah, we want to talk about that because that's a big problem. So there's money that you're leaving on the table. If you're 
you know, if you're an agent and you don't have a listing and you're not getting those investors to believe in you or to think that you're competent enough to actually serve them. But if you can do that, you can pick that up. So most of them are going straight to the listing agent saying, hey, I want to buy this house. I want to put an offer in, period, the end. The other thing, Dan, I really want to say is that because I've been in all the markets, being in the business for 32 years now, um, you've got ups and downs in the market. Right now, we're in a seller's market. So agents want to kick back and say, oh, there's no sense of going after investors because it's an overpriced market. It's not true. You need to be good and understand what a good deal is. And it's not necessarily going toe to toe with a, a home buyer, a retail home buyer. And we'll talk about that. But I want to give just a little bit of perspective on and context to the different types of markets. So right now we're in an up market, right? We're up market. So yesterday, probably the houses cost less than today. Today, they're going to cost less than tomorrow. You follow what I'm saying? We're in an up market. So you can't say, well, I can't buy now because I don't know when it's going to you know, go down. What you have to really realize is, is buying today a good deal because tomorrow it's going to go up. So you have to acknowledge when, you know, what a good deal is. But think about when it's going the other way. If you think this is tough. You know, when to buy, when it's going up. Let's think about when it goes down. So an investor, we're going down. An investor says, well, why should I buy today when I can wait tomorrow and it'll be less money, right? So if you're an agent and you're listening to this, get that out of your head. You know, take those obstacles, those excuses of why you can't help an investor in an up market. Yeah. It's more difficult Believe me, helping them in the down market because they they're slow to pull the trigger. And it's always now. it's always either going up or down. It's seldom is it plateaued. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. But you know the the main thing is is a lot of agents don't know how to foster the investors and they give up. I mean, Dan, I was in Tennessee uh, about a month ago, and you know Tennessee's hot. And one thing you have to know about real estate investors. Many of them do so in states that they don't reside. Sure. So course. when you get in a commercial, actual true commercial, it's over 50% yeah. of the investors that are buying in your state probably don't live in your state. So I was yeah, in Tennessee. It's just about the numbers. It's just about the numbers. That's, That's it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If they're true investors, yeah. it's all about the numbers. So I was in Tennessee and I tried so hard to spend money when I was there. And, you know, I had cash ready to go, ready to pull a trigger on a deal. And uh, I, I mean, I had the worst time. I couldn't even find, I mean, here I am and like, Hey guys, I have cash. I'm where, I've heard every the agent say, well, you can't get deals. Okay. What can I get? And uh, Oh, I'll call you back. And they never did. And then I had one that was kind of really promising. I was hopeful, like, wow, I actually have an agent to talk to as an investor, because most of them think that, Investors are a waste of time. Sure. The wrong investors are a waste of time. And I finally thought I had somebody. And she actually called me and followed up with me like two weeks later and brought a contractor on the phone that was going to give me turnkey. We had laid down some ground rules, established a price, which was a lot, half a million dollar purchase. And they were both going to get back to me within a week. 
guess what? I'm they guessing never did. that didn't happen. They never did. <laughs> so if you get, you know, if you're listening, you're you're probably getting an idea like, wow, man, this is like, this sounds familiar. Maybe I had an investor that I never called back. You never know. That investor could buy 10, 12 houses a year. Yeah. You already know 87% of all real estate agents fail in this business. And you also know it doesn't have to be that way. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income, I invite for you to get your free copy of Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. And you can do so when you visit www.therealestateevolution.com. I'll share with you your book that I authored to show you the way. And it's free. You just have to pay for the shipping. Thanks. So that's a t- different types of markets. So you mentioned different type of investors. So tell us more about that. Yep. So first, let's talk about investing, real okay. estate investing, right? And a lot of agents, they got their license because they wanted to get into real estate investing. You know, right now, it's trending hot. Millennials, I think 1.4 million licensees in the U.S. It was a big Wall Street Journal article that was just out. And I think one point at the time, I think it was the end of, maybe it was the end of April. I think it was the end of April, Wall Street Journal, 1.4 million licensees in the country finally surpassed the amount of available inventory. We had 1.2 million houses (laughs) for sale. So if you do the math, but a lot of people get their license because they want to cut out that middleman, cut out the agent, which is a mistake. And, uh, but anyway, so let's kind of talk about today. We'll talk about residential investing. So the types of residential investing that you can do, uh, one is we all know is flipping, right? The classic flipping, you buy something that's distressed, fix it up as quick as you can, turn it for a profit. Then you have developing, right? You can buy a parcel. You can go through the engineering, split it up into buildable lots. That's a type of investing on the residential side. And then you have the buy and hold or landlording, which is another very popular type of investing. So probably the toughest right now would be flipping because the market is hot. And unless it's really distressed, your retail buyers are gobbling up that inventory, um, but it's not impossible. So, you know, why don't we just kind of talk about that, Dan? We'll talk about, you know, the investing side of things and what makes a good investment even in today's market. Flipping, there has to be some kind of additional upside to it. So a lot of times, Agents mislist properties. So what happens a lot of times is maybe it's a residential office or maybe it can be divided, subdivided, or maybe it's even commercial and it's on the residential MLS, right? So it's really important if you're going to serve investors that, you know, you know what you're doing. You know how to spot out these potential upsides 
to the properties that are listed so that you can market them right yourself. You're not the listing agent, but you now need to take that property, identify the value that's in it, where the money can be made. And then you have to market that and go out and get a buyer, which is why I love dealing with investors because you can always drum up business. Sure. You, know, you find, you find the deal, you find the deal and the buyer will come. You find the deal, you can find the buyer. Yeah. 100%. Yep. So you have to look for some of those more difficult ones. I just saw a deal. Um, I ended up losing it, but it was on a busy street. And uh, I hung in there because it went under contract and then the contract almost fell through. But it was a residential office. The agent listed it as, I mean, yeah, it was our residential office. Okay. But it was also could be a multifamily dwelling up to three units. It had the right lot size. And the agent had it straight out as a residential listing. And it started out at like 370 on a busy street. It ended up down to 275. I went in much lower than that. It ended up closing, I think, at 250. No, 275. 275. But anyway, it would just held on. I mean, it was on the market for four months in this market, a residential house. I wasn't going to tell the agent, hey, look, why didn't you market this to investors that could put three apartments in the place? What do you think? Lot- run, run us through that deal real quick, Todd. So I don't want to get too, too far off the track here, but that that opportunity, what do you think it would have cost to redevelop? And then what do you think, you know, at the end, the after repair would be worth? Yep. Yep. So, you know, let's kind of work all the way backwards. Okay. So, you know, when, when I'm looking at rentals and most of my investor clients, I'm teaching them. So they look for this too. We're looking for like that 1% rule, right? So if you can rent something for $3,000 a month, you could spend what? 300,000. Yep. Right. So what we're trying to do is we back, we take things backwards you know, we'll look at what will the market rents be? What do you need to do the repairs, you know, to bring it to that? And then what do you need to buy it for minus all your costs, right? Because there are fees that are involved. And that's another thing when you're dealing with investors as an agent, you have to understand what those costs are. You might, I mean, you know, them, of course you do, but you need to work the deal for the investor, right? So I was going in at 220. Okay. okay. So basically I figured I was going to get two $1,400 a month apartments and a thousand dollar apartment. Okay. So we're 3,800, right? So as long as I can stay under 380 as a completed deal, Got it. it's a home run, right? Sure. So that's kind of, you know, understanding. So what did I have to do? Well, I had to understand what I needed for a three unit dwelling, because one of the things, and, and, and if you're an agent, you have to understand the zoning in your market. So, and you have to understand the residential zoning. And then you also have to understand when you can up that zoning. And a lot of times you can up the zoning when it joins a higher zoning. So for instance, in this deal, we had DR 5.5, which is 5.5 residential dwelling per acre. Okay. Okay. So basically 
we were able to get three units based on the lot size, not from the current zoning that was RO, residential office, but because behind touching that property was DR 5.5 in Baltimore County, Maryland, you were able to use that higher density zoning for your zoning when your property touches that higher density zoning. Okay. So, you know, you have to understand the agent hadn't a clue. Okay. The agent had no idea because this was literally a home run. It was me personally. I could have stepped up to the plate. It's kind of like one of those things I, you know, kicking myself a little bit, not hard because I'm busy, man. I got a lot going on, but it was one of those deals that I said, she doesn't know what she has. I don't think they're going to sell it the way they are. So I rolled the dice. I lost. The deal was going to fall through. She called me up and said, Hey, your offer's still good. I said, absolutely. I sent it over, sent the proof of funds. Literally the last day they had to close, man, they pulled it out. She sent okay. me an email and said, I couldn't believe it. I had to check it on the MLS to make sure that it was actually closed because I was like, ain't no way. I lost <laughs> it, but I did. But anyway, so, yeah, that's kind of what that deal looked like. But, you know, serving investors, guys, I mean, if you can get a couple good ones, and I get it, you know, there are a lot of tire kickers out there. Uh, but if you can get a couple good investors – how do you define a yeah? How do you define a good investor? How do you, as an agent, how do you know who a good investor is and who do you want to stay away from? And that is a really good question because I don't want to kick. I don't. There's a lot of people out there that are just they talk to hear themselves listen. You know, or they talk to listen to themselves. They yeah. hear themselves talk. And you know, I'm certainly not saying that to you know say that newbies aren't serious and, and, and aren't potent, you know, potentially good investors, but the tire kickers, you have to vet out right off the start. So Dan, I always say there's three types of investors. Okay. All right. The three types of investors are the ones that have the cash, but have zero time. Right. And, you know, they, they work a full-time job, maybe they own their business, they're diversified or want to be more diversified in their portfolio. They have a couple, three, $500,000. And they said, look, I want turnkey investments. So, you know, if you're an agent, you can find me a deal. You can assemble the team or at least tell me who to use, put it together, toss me the keys at the end, put it on the market, sell it and boom, give me a return on my investment. I'm happy. Right. That's those types of investors. They're a little bit more work, but usually they have friends that have the same amount of money or more than they do. And if you can do that for one, they start talking about it. And next thing you know, you get their buddies, right? The second type of investor, I'll call them the HTTVers, <laughs> right? They know enough to be dangerous. They want to get more into it. They still work a full-time job. They have the cash or they have the available cash. It's a, you know, they can get it. And they want to do things like sweep up, fill the dumpster, things like that, and learn as much as they can about doing it. Maybe be involved in the design work, go to Lowe's, Home Depot, pick out the fixtures, stuff like that. Then I call the category three, which is just the flat out ballers. They do this every single day. They've got crews, their own crews. 
they'll flip 20, 25 houses a year or as many sure. as they can get their hands on. They have available cash. They're the ones that actually are tend to be the less loyal because they have to feed, they have a machine that's yeah. going and they have to feed the machine. And let me tell you something, if you don't feed it for them, they have no loyalty to you or anybody else for that matter. They're just going to buy it from wholesalers, from other agents, you name it. You're going to have a hard time taming, taming that beast. Recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business. And I firmly believe that that's a shame. In real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. It took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the post. So those are the investors. In general, I mean, when you're talking about local residential investing, um, you know, they're going to check those boxes. They're either going to get into flipping the buy and hold mostly, and then sometimes land development. Like right now, I mean, if you yeah. can produce lots, it's, and then you got, a, you got a lot of wannabe, a lot of wannabe investors as well, or not even wannabe, but pretend to be investors. Cause one of the things that I know I see this for some reason or another, it happens, it happened to me as a new agent. I, I've seen it happen to a lot of new agents where you have these, I'm putting in quotation marks investors that will come and say, Hey, I'm looking for something 60 cents on the dollar. And then once you start having the conversation with them, you say, okay, well, what assets do you have? None. I've got no cash. Okay. Well, what's your credit? Like it sucks. Okay. So you have no money, no credit, and you want something 60 cents on a dollar. Yep. Yes, please. That's probably not an ideal investor to work with. I wouldn't even categorize them as an investor. Right. But that's not probably not an ideal person to, to, uh, to, to take your time spending with. Would you agree with that, Todd? 100%. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why agents get so desperate for business that they'll talk to anybody. Yeah. And I think what happens is they will entertain those tire kickers and, you know, they'll go through these courses where, you know, buy with no money down. They watch it happen on Instagram. Sure. And, you know, um, it just doesn't happen. You have to have something. You can't not have money and not have credit. You have to have something, you know, if so, some of the first questions that I ask is how much cash do you have? That's like the very first, I get a lot of people that'll call me up and, you know, working, living, growing up in Maryland, Baltimore, I'm a Baltimore guy, you know, understanding your marketplace, me being an investor as well. I'll have people that'll reach out and they'll say, Hey, you know, I want to buy a hundred houses. Yeah. I'm looking for a hundred houses. You're like, yeah, you and everybody else, buddy. Like, yeah, okay. So, you know, that's a ridiculous way to start a conversation, right? Why are you calling me? You want to buy a hundred houses? Do you think I have a seller that has a hundred houses to sell? What benefit does that do me? 
you think I'm going to convince a hundred sellers on one neighbor in one neighborhood to sell to you? No. The other thing I hear all the time is I want to buy an apartment building of a hundred plus units. And then I'll say to them, where, why are you calling me in Maryland? They don't exist. Right. Yeah. So you have to know your market and you have to understand what the people are asking so that you can quickly, they're like very easy to vet out. But when somebody's calling me up and they're saying, Hey, I want to get into real estate investing. The questions I'm asking is how much cash do you have? And this is a serious question. Oh, I sure. don't worry. I have plenty of cash. No, I, I do worry because my time is money. And if I'm talking to you, I need to know how much cash you have. I have to understand, does that mean 5,000 or does that mean 500,000? It yeah. doesn't mean that I can't help them either way. But when I'm asking questions, when they're asking questions and I'm asking you questions, it's because I can't answer the questions unless you give me what I need. Right. So I have to know, number one, do you have cash? Do you have access to cash? If the answer is no or limited, then I have to go to the credit and assets because I need to help you find cash if you don't have cash or access to cash. Okay. Right. So you have to have credit. If somebody's coming to me and they're saying, hey, look, can you help me? I'm a real estate investor and I do flips or I rent. And I say, hey, look, have you been doing this before? They go, yeah, I've been doing it for probably 10, 10 years. I'll say, great, do me a favor. Send me the last half a dozen houses that you bought. And I don't even care if they're in the state, wherever they are. Send them to me. Here's my email address. Send them to me so I have a good idea of what it is that you do. At that point, you're either going to send me a half a dozen addresses or you're never going to call me again. And if that's they do, why. that's probably a good candidate. That's right. And if or they don't ever call point. me again, yeah then guess what? I'm not chasing them. Yeah. You know? So we're, uh, so you mentioned, you know, different types of investors, different types of, uh, of investments, and also different types of agents. So tell me more about that. So the agents, you know, we'll, we can talk about that because we have a couple agents that specialize in helping investors. I mean, that's okay. kind of, you know, um, what we do to fill in. Right. Got it. So, you know, just to let you know, I mean, there, there's some things that we're looking for. So when you're self-employed, you're a real estate agent, you're trying to build a business, right? If you want to go after investors, you have to, you've got about half of it. The knowledge is already there. I mean, sure. You have a real estate license. You understand marketability of a property. You understand the permanence of investment. You understand you know, how to do, you know, comparative market analysis. I hope so anyway, if you're out there, you know, helping buyers and sellers. So you have a huge part of this already down, right? So what you have to decide is, do you want to learn the rest? You know, as a professional, do you want to learn the rest? Because you have to be, you know, you, you have to be competent in helping the investor. Number one, you have to do the legwork for them. So if you have a live, real capable investor. Now you have to go to work, right? While you're out there doing your thing, you need to be keeping these guys and gals at the back of your mind and, you know, looking at properties, understanding what their parameters are, understanding what their capabilities are uh, and kind of take an inventory of what's out there in your day to day. Um, but agents that go after investors, you've got to figure it out for them. You have to understand if they want flipping, right? If, if I get a flipper, I want somebody who's going to 
It's going to do two houses a year. That's kind of like the program that I like to start people on. I want to flip that money twice in a 12 month period, right? It's going to come out to four sales for me. Sure. We're going to get two buy and two sale in a flipper, right? If we do our job and our homework, right? So I'm targeted what I'm doing. I got a guy that's got that kind of money. That's what I'm going after. You know, I'm going after finding him something with the amount of money that he has in cash or available cash that he can complete the project. We can sell it and find another one just like it. So, you know, you have to be out there scouring for inventory, but it goes much further than that because you have to be an expert in the market that you're attracting an investor to. So you're bringing the investor into your market. You're not going to their market. So if you have a guy that has money and he says, hey, look, you know, this is what I do. You know, this is what I look for. Pick the market. Pick the market you know best. Know everything about the market. Know everything about the zoning. Know everything about the developing that's going on in that marketplace. You know, when I was uh, an agent or when I was really working more as an investor than I was, you know, from as a manager, you know, I would go to every zoning hearing that happened in the counties that I served. You know, okay. I would plant myself. Now, COVID kind of, you know, uh, shut that down, but they're available by Zoom now and anybody sure. can register. You just have to register in advance. I think it's 48 hours in advance now. They have to register to be included in that, to get the Zoom link, to hear the the zoning. But, you know, the development in the neighborhoods starts a year, year and a half, three years, five years before the actual shovel goes in the ground. So you know where there's master um, plan um, communities are happening or being proposed. Understand what big commercial development is going on in your area. Um, you know, if a, somebody buys 47 acres or contracts to buy 47 acres and they talk about an undisclosed developer that's working on this 47 acre site and they're going to take a new exit off of this road, you know, th this interstate or whatever, you know, something's happening, right? Don't wait until the shovel goes in the ground before you start your, your digging and your research. So, you know, you have to really epitomize what it is that you're doing as a real estate professional to attract these true investors. Well, Todd, I appreciate your uh, sharing your wisdom today. I know that you have a YouTube channel that you have a lot of other great content and what's on that YouTube channel and where can I, where can I find it? So it's everything and anything real estate really is what we talk about. And uh, Saks Realty, you uh, just go to YouTube and type in Saks Realty. You'll find our channel. So we talk a little bit about everything. So a lot of investor awesome. stuff. All right. Well, cool, Todd. I really appreciate your time today and, and sharing with us, you know, how we can as real estate agent community work with investors. And I'd love to have you on again to, uh, to, cause there's uh, a lot, I mean, there's so much that we can really, uh, you know, dive into on this and I appreciate your time today and, and God bless you, Todd. Thank you. Hey man. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay. Hate the feeling of missing out and not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of The Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, the consistent and predictable income community. Apply for membership on Facebook and visit us at thecpicommunity.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews.
Hey, I just had the best 45 minutes interviewing Dan Roshan. He's from Virginia, right outside the DC area. He's been in a stable market for a long time. Within 18 months, he'd created so much success where he was actually able to buy the brokerage as a real estate agent. Dan is a leader of vision, focus, and passion. His enthusiasm is truly infectious. He just came out with a book for real estate agents to kind of help people pivot. We went through and talked about how to succeed in adversity, some of his big traits out there. If you're still listening, it is because you align with the CPI community. That means that you love to learn. You are ambitious, qualified, smart, and professional. Mostly, you understand that you're in charge to design your life. If you do not want to wait until next show is posted, I invite you right now to visit www.thecpicommunity.com, which is the official website of the CPI community. There, you'll have access to eavesdrop on past conversations I've had with the top salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The content is free and there's no opt-in. If you really want to hit the ground running, I encourage you to apply on the homepage of thecpicommunity.com to become CPI certified. It is a compensated service and those that have become certified have reported back that they have more than tripled their business sales and done so in 20% less time. The CPI certification is a part of the CPI curriculum which is the blueprint where you will learn the proprietary process of CPI, which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Lastly, I invite for you to share this podcast with others who are competitive, love to learn, assertive, relationship-based, self-starters just like you, so they can also benefit And please leave us a rating or a review and subscribe now so that you'll be notified of the next show. Thank you again. I'll see you on the next show to your success. If you're a real estate agent and you're located outside of the Washington, D.C. area and you have a client that wants to buy a home, sell a home, or invest in real estate in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland area, consider to refer to me. I promise that when you do so, we'll treat them like gold, update you throughout the process, and most importantly, we'll make you look good. And we'll pay you a nice referral fee. If you're a real estate agent in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, or Washington, D.C. area, and you're seeking certainty and predictability in your business, contact me now. I'd love to be able to set up a conversation to show you how we can help you to close transactions every single month of the year. Just imagine January, February, March, April, May, every month of the year that you have income coming into your pocket to help you and your family. Hit me up on social media or email me, dan at readingsvirginia.com. Love to set up a time to chat.